This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you are listening to episode 28, Theology on Tap. Well, welcome to episode 28. Uh, I'm so happy that you're here. I have some feedback I want to share with you today. I received some uh, a call uh, just a few days ago, and I am so excited about this feedback. Uh, this is somebody who is famous now. Uh, she's famous, and she everybody knows her. And she called and left me feedback. <laughs> it's also someone that I finally met in person recently at the CNMC. So you're going to have to stay tuned to find out who this special person is. Uh, and in addition to this uh, feedback, we're going to talk about theology on tap. I don't know if you know about this uh, particular ministry in the church, uh, but yes, it, it is a ministry. It seeks to reach out to young adults in their 20s and 30s. And it also includes a, a few in the teens, the upper teens, and, and uh, even some of us who are uh, at the tail end of 30 and, and going into 40. <laughs> so uh, it reaches a lot of people, and it's, uh, it's a really, I think, a, a good Catholic foodie-type ministry. And we're going to talk about that today. I actually went to one last night, and I've got some audio to share with you. So it'll be good. Uh, also, I found a quote in a book that I want to share with you because it is a perfect Catholic foodie quote, and I'm so glad that you're here to share this with me, The Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Now, usually I save feedback for the end of the show. Uh, normally, I, I'll play feedback then, and then I'll also uh, request feedback at the same time, and I give you the, the feedback information and all that. But I'm so excited about this feedback that I got this past week that I, I want to play it right now. So I'm playing it right here in the front of the show. You probably know this person. Everybody seems to know this person. And, uh, well, enough of the, the, the talk. Here, let, let's just listen. Hi, Jeff. This is Barbara Nebraska. It was really fun to meet you at the Catholic New Media Celebration. We had a great weekend, didn't we? Well, I was just listening to the Catholic Foodie episode number 23 while I was making a batch of banana bread. And I thought I would share this idea with your listeners. Well, as I was making the banana bread, I was thinking about the person who gave that recipe to me and the um, event that we went to, to um, that we ate the banana bread at. And so I was praying for him and praying for his family. And I just encourage your listeners to do that. Um, I collect a lot of recipes, and it's kind of nice to think back to when you got this recipe, what was the event, and pray for that person. Well, I'll, let me tell you the story about this banana bread. We call it Paul's banana bread. And we went to college together. We were both in the social justice club at, in college. And we had, um, I think we called it a sing-in. And all our friends brought their guitars, and we sang songs, and we ate banana bread. And um, during this uh, sing-in, we raised awareness and money for our local homeless shelter, which we, all, we got worked at. And uh, the funny part of it was, is it's not like a fancy banana bread recipe, because almost all banana bread recipes are the same, but it was homemade. And after eating college dorm food, it was delightful. And I thought that was so neat that he shared this with all of us while we were singing and raising money for the homeless. So anyway, that's my feedback. Thanks for your great podcast, and God bless. Thank you so much, Barb. Uh, you know, it was awesome to meet you at the uh, at the CNMC, and I just it was so funny because I'd watch you walk around the room at that meet and greet, and so when certain people would realize who you were, 
they just got all excited. They were like, oh, it's, 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 it's Barb. You know, it's Barb. I mean, Mac. I took a picture of you and Mac. Uh, when, when Mac uh, realized who you were, I mean, he just, it was hysterical, you know, watching his expressions. He was so excited to, to finally get to meet you in, in person. And it was, so, it was so great to meet your mom. Um, I mean, y'all were great together. And it, it was just, it was a, a wonderful, wonderful time. And uh, I love what you had to say about the banana bread. I love what you had to say about, um, r- really, to me, it was saying, like, you know, food, food and people is, is kind of like a, a relationship. And Paul's banana bread, when lined up with a bunch of other banana breads, may not have been strikingly uh, different. It may not have been uh, unbelievably better than any other, but it was Paul's banana bread. And there was a relationship there. And so food and relationships kind of, you know, it, it goes together. Matter of fact, I do have a quote I'm going to share from a, a book that I was looking at recently that I think really uh, kind of speaks to this as well. It's the, the importance of food in relationships. And you remember, this goes all the way back to, uh, to scriptures, the beginning of, of in the Bible, uh, where, I mean, food played a, a big part. It plays a big part in the Bible and, you know, God is basically saying to Adam and Eve, look, you've got all this stuff in the garden, right? All the, 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 the leaves, uh, all the, uh, the animals, the fish in the sea, all these things. You're, you're in control of all these things, and, and you can eat them as food, okay? You've got all this as yours. Just don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? And it's not, I, I think, it's not coincidental that the first sin came through at least— um, uh, the way it's given to us in Genesis, in the story, it, the first sin came through eating, uh, the eating the apple. Uh, but where does salvation come from? Uh, salvation comes to us as well through eating. And you see this in the Exodus, right, with the Jews. Uh, in Egypt, they're being set free. And what is the saving act? It's the Passover. And what do, what do the Jews have to do in order to be saved. They have to eat the Passover lamb. And then, of course, in the New Testament, you see the same thing with Jesus at the Last Supper. Take and eat. This is my body. Right? He is the Lamb of God. This is my body. This is the new Passover. And in order to be saved, what do you have to do? You have to eat the lamb. So I think eating really plays a huge role in our lives. Of course, we need to eat in order to live. But in our relationships, uh, from our relationship to God, uh, to our relationship with friends and uh, with with family. And so I think that the story of Paul's banana bread is a really good one because I can remember where I was and what I was eating when certain special moments happened in my life or, or uh, a friend or family member's life, and we were celebrating with, with food. I can remember what we ate, and there are times when I had like a really good meal— <laughs> <laughs> and I remember who's with me at that time. So it's the food and the relationships go hand in hand. And let me let me just get this quote real quick. This quote, I read this book uh, a number of years ago. It's, it's by Father Oscar Lukefar. And uh, Father Oscar Lukefar is, uh, let's see, what does it say? At the back of the book, it says he's one of America's most popular interpreters of the Catholic faith in the Bible with over 30 years of experience as a religious educator. Father Luke Farr is dedicated to helping people develop a clear 
understanding of Catholic doctrine in an enjoyable and challenging way. And the initials behind his name is C.M., and if I'm not mistaken, that's uh, 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 Claritian, is that right, the Claritians, uh, which are dedicated, I believe, to working with, uh, to catechizing through uh, media. Uh, and I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that's the uh, Claritians. Uh, this book is entitled The Search for Happiness, and what he does is he kind of lays out in the book four levels of emotional and spiritual growth, and it's all focused on happiness, and it goes all the way back uh, when, you, when you get into the book. It goes all the way back to, uh, to the Greek philosophers, Plato, Aristotle. Aristotle in particular had a lot to say about happiness, right? Everything that we do is geared towards happiness. We want to be happy. Even bad decisions we make, we don't make them in order to be unhappy. We make them in order to be happy, thinking that this particular action will make us happy when really it doesn't. Okay, You can even think of something like suicide. Uh, I mean, the person is in such misery, they're thinking that this is the only way in a sense, right? in a sense, the only way that they could be happy is to end the misery, so they make that kind of a decision. Uh, we could love a meal so much that it's making us happy, and we want even more happiness, so what do we do? We keep eating more of it, and then next thing you know, we get sick. That's not a good decision, by the way. Uh, but once again, the decision wasn't, hey, I want to get sick. The decision was, I want to be happy. And, uh, and, and so we do that, and, and our actions are always geared towards happiness, but they don't always end up there. So he starts way back with uh, the Greek uh, philosophers, the, 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 the point that Aristotle makes that everything that we do is really geared towards happiness. And what he does, what Father Oscar Lukfar does, is he lays out for us four different levels of happiness. And it goes from like the, the body to uh, the mind. Actually, I'm, I, it's been a while since I've read this book, and I don't remember the different, uh, uh, the different levels. But I picked it up the other day and looked at the first level, which I'm going to share with you today, is the body. And let's see, is the, the level one is the body, level two is the mind and the will, level three is the heart, and then level four, the final level, is the soul. So different levels of happiness. Now, interestingly enough, they have corresponding levels of unhappiness as well. So very interesting. He's kind of looking at the spiritual journey, uh, the, the Christian life, the Catholic life, through this the, these lenses, right, of the, the four levels of happiness. And I love this book. It's really good. Uh, but anyway, the, the very first, the very basic level is uh, the body. And it, it talks about uh, pleasure, right? Pleasures, rewards, and limits. And I just want to read a few things to you from this section. I mean, he has so much to say. He talks about the happiness part. He talks about the unhappiness part and how we have to kind of temper our desires but there are a few things he says in here that I thought this is exactly what I'm talking about when, well, this is what I was talking about, this is what I am talking about when I think about the Catholic foodie, right? Catholicism and food, uh, faith, you know, where food meets faith, all of this, it, 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 it's, it comes from this. These ideas are, um, I, I could have written this, <laughs> you know what I mean? I could have written this because it's exactly what I'm trying to say. Anyway, this is uh, from chapter 1. He starts talking about the body, the very basic level, first level of happiness, and he says this. Frank's hobby is Italian cooking, and he's a master at it. He purchases the finest ingredients from a family grocery on the hill in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, 
herbs and spices come from his own garden. As he prepares a meal, the kitchen is filled with the fragrances of baked of bread baking, simmering sauces, freshly grated Parmesan cheese, Italian sausage, herbs, and spices. Frank samples the various courses, adding a bit of this or that until he's sure that each dish is just right. Soon family and friends gather at the table, and to the enjoyment of delightful aromas is added the pleasure of sampling flavors that definitely qualify as happiness one. And that's the first level of happiness, happiness one. If we enjoy food and drink, we are in the best of company. Jesus himself. When wine ran out at a wedding party, Jesus worked a miracle to provide vintage of the, of the highest quality. He miraculously multiplied bread and fish to feed a hungry crowd. He prepare, prepared breakfast for his apostles, baking bread and grilling fish for them. In contrast to John the Baptist, who was renowned for his austerity, Jesus enjoyed food and wine so much that he was criticized by his enemies. Right? They, they called him a, a, a drunkard. Right? Uh, he even used the symbolism of a banquet to foreshadow the happiness of heaven. So I thought that was oh, that's just so awesome, you know. Uh, it's kind of like, this is what I'm talking about with the Catholic foodie. There's something there. there this speaks to us somehow. Uh, he goes on to say that the Jewish scriptures taught that appetites for food and drink came from God. At the creation, God said to the first man and woman, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed and its fruit, you shall have them for food. And when the Jews wanted to describe an idyllic uh, period in their history, they spoke of it in terms of happiness one. They said, Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand by the sea. They ate and drank and were happy. And that's from 1 Kings 4, verse 20. The Jews saw food and drink as among the choicest of God's blessings. They were grateful that God had given wine to gladden the human heart, oil to make the face shine, and bread to strengthen the human heart. That's from Psalm 104, uh, verses, uh, verse 15. So as you can see, <laughs> I, I, think, I hope you could see why this got me so excited when I read this. It's like, oh yeah, this is perfect, perfect for, uh, for the Catholic foodie. And I think it says something too ab about what, what Barb uh, mentioned. It's all about the relationship. It's all about the relationship. What is the food symbolized to the Jews, it symbolizes God's blessings, that God loves them, God is taking care of them, uh, that God is with them. And uh, that's, that's just such a, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And we can see that lived out in our, in our own lives. There's more that I would like to share with you about this book, but I think that uh, I'm going to take a break for uh, a minute, and i got to find my spot, and I will uh, be back in just a minute. All right, I found it. Uh, one last thing I want to share with you uh, from this book today. And he says, let's see, he's talking about appreciating happiness one, right? Appreciating this gift of, of kind of like a bodily happiness. Uh, he says we, we should also notice how happiness one is associated with important moments in life, moments linked to happiness two, three, and four. So we're talking about, you know, the mind and the heart and the soul, uh, so that's going to be like relationships with family, friends, setting goals and achieving things, and, uh, and of course, prayer and, and, and God. 
But he says, um, you know, food and drink add enjoyment to attendance at athletic contests. So hot dogs and cold drinks go well with home runs and touchdowns and goals and points scored. Intermissions bring long lines to food stands. High schools and colleges schedule banquets to honor most valuable players and most improved performers. And we take it for granted that family events will be celebrated with meals. Birthday cakes show appreciation for the lives of those we love. Weddings and anniversaries are made even more special by meals memorable for fine food and toasts to the bride and groom. Sometimes even a simple celebration can produce unforgettable moments of happiness three, which would be the heart, right? Uh, I once read about a young couple invited for ice cream and cake at the home of their neighbors who were observing their 52nd wedding anniversary. The younger, younger man remarked, 52 years, that's a long time with one person. The elderly gentleman put his arm around his wife, smiled, and replied, it would have been a whole lot longer without her. So you can see, uh, I think, here that uh, this, this is a, it's not only the food, food and meals, shared meals are not only about bodily happiness, it's not only about uh, fulfilling desires, uh, but there's a lot more to it. How meals that we share, especially occasions that we share with family and friends, weddings, uh, birthdays, things like that, anniversaries, these are all uh, special times, special times that food plays a big part in these things. And I think it just goes back to the fact that food is really a blessing from God. And it's something that enhances relationships. And it's something in a way that kind of like symbolizes the blessings of friendship and relationship. So that's my two cents for today on... Uh, on on happiness and food and and faith and family and uh if you have any ideas if you have any suggestions on uh thoughts from scripture maybe or um uh something that you've read or heard before uh, dealing with faith and food please let me know you can give me a call at 985-635-4974 and leave me a voice message there or you can email me at catholicfoodie at gmail.com Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Well, last night I went to a Theology on Tap. I don't know if you've ever heard of this particular ministry, uh, but it is a ministry, and it involves, typically it involves beer and, and theology, which is God talk, right? Talking about God. Uh, and it's, it's, I think, a wonderful way for the church uh, to reach out to young adults. Now, I've just now, I went over to uh, Theology on Tap's website. It's renewtot.org. 
So renewtot.org, that's the website, Renew Theology on Tap. And uh, let, me, let me just read something here to you about this ministry. It says that uh, Theology on Tap is a program through which the Catholic Church seeks to engage young adults, those in their 20s and 30s. It is centered around a series of events held in a casual setting, such as a restaurant, a bar, a parish hall, where young adults are invited to listen to a speaker, share faith, and dialogue with people who share similar values and experiences. These gatherings serve as an invitation for young adults to experience other faith-deepening experiences, such as retreats and service opportunities, small Christian communities, etc. And the object of Renew Theology on Tap is to provide an opportunity for Catholic parishes and groups to share the richness of Catholic faith with young adults and offer a setting where people of similar values and faith can gather in a peer community. It's a pastoral outreach offered by Renew International, a Catholic ministry organization. Now, uh, it's important to note, I think, that um, this ministry is not... uh, Well, it is a fantastic example of meeting people where they are, uh, which is why I think that social media is so important. Social media is important because that's where people are. Right? The church has to be on Facebook because people are on Facebook. Uh, the church has to be podcasting because that's where people are. Uh, we need good, solid, Catholic, uh, very talented performers, singers and performers, uh, making music right, as part of an outreach of the church because you've got lots of people out there listening to music. So thank you, Sarah Bauer, for being one of those uh, very well uh, talented, awesome Catholic performers. Uh, we need that. The church needs that. We have to be there in the world where everybody is, because that's where we have to meet people. Got to meet them where they are, and or as we say down here in in uh, Louisiana, right? You got to meet them where they at. You got to meet them where they at. So um, the social media is very important. And then here you get, you have the church stepping out of its comfort zone, really stepping out of the the pew, stepping out of the sanctuary. Um, as a, as a teacher, myself, and as a catechist, is an opportunity, opportunity to step out of the classroom. Because, you know, sometimes we behave differently when we're in a classroom. So we step out of the classroom and we go to a bar. <laughs> and I remember, uh, I remember listening to uh, some talk, I think, that uh, Scott Hahn gave. Uh, I heard it a long time ago. But how he used to like going with uh, some of his friends to a bar. And they would sit there and drink beer and talk theology for hours. And it's like that's very uh, earthy, very down-to-earth, very uh, uh, normal, (laughs) I guess, Uh, casual. It's informal. And they could really kind of rub elbows there theologically sitting across from a table drinking beer, uh, which they may not have been able to do sitting in a classroom. And the same thing with, with Theology on Tap. You've got uh, young adults who may not go to church. They may not uh, sign up for talks or uh, cl- special classes that are given uh, in a parish. They're already out with friends at bars and restaurants. So it's not that much of a stretch for them, if they're invited to come to a Theology on Tap, to show up. And uh, I, I think it's a fantastic way to reach out to young adults. I'm here with Michelle Sagers, who has some important role 
in uh, putting on this Theology on Tap, correct? Correct. Um, what, what, what is this all about? Theology on Tap is a ministry that's nationwide, but we happen to be doing it here at the Abita Brewery for young adults to come together and to socialize and hear a speaker and learn more about their faith and then have discussion about it after. Cool. And uh, you tend to have a pretty good turnout too, huh? Yes, we've had anywhere from 80 was our lowest turnout last summer to our largest turnout was 200 over Christmas. Whoa, that's amazing. And uh, it, I guess it's uh, very fortunate for us that we have a brewery right here that is so open and, and willing to have uh, a religious gathering like this. We are very uh, fortunate. Not only are they open, but they donated all the beer in oh, the wow. place as well. Um, they also make the Abbey Ale to support the Abbey, right, which right. Uh, shows that they're supporting their church and tithing in their own way. Now, is Theology on Tap a... Um, an official ministry of our of the parish, St. Peter Parish? It's not an official ministry of St. Peter Parish. We're the St. Peter Young Adult Group, but we're tagging on with the Theology on Tap in the Archdiocese, who owns the logo. And uh, we're doing our advertising for our young adults, but using their logo to come together to make it more of a deanery and archdiocesan program. Oh, great, great. And, and who's speaking tonight? The speaker tonight is Dr. Jim Jacobs. Uh, he's talking on ethics uh, for a time such as these, and uh, we're hopeful. Uh, next week we'll have Danny Burns, who will talk on theology of the cross. And then the next Thursday we have Char Vance, and uh, she's going to talk about suffering. Stop complaining. That's funny that she talks about suffering because she is one funny woman. She's funny. She so is so funny. Well, Michelle, thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. I'm happy to be here. We're happy to have you. And uh, what is your name? Barrett Baumgartner. Barrett, I actually, I know you from a long time ago. I remember. Uh, yeah, you sat uh, in my classroom. I remember, front row, towards <laughs> the middle. One of the best students I ever had. Oh, well, thank you very much, Mr. Young. You're a wonderful religion teacher, I have to say. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, where are we? We're here at uh, Theology on Tap. We're at Theology on Tap at the Abita Springs Abita uh, Beer Brewery. And have you... Uh, have you been to more than, than just this particular uh, event, this, this Theology on Tap? This will be my third one. Third one. Uh, which other ones have you attended? Who were the speakers? I went to the one two weeks ago with Archbishop Hughes, and then I went to one sometime last December, last summer, I forget when exactly. When, uh, I believe it was Dr. Petra gave a talk about the formation of the Bible. Wow. That was probably, I think, Christmas time. That was a, a huge so. turnout, wasn't it? It like was huge. 200 people, huh? Um, well, fantastic. What what about this particular ministry uh, kind of draws you? Is, is there something that? Well, I think one thing it helps do it helps to do is it takes young adults out of uh, the classroom of theology and just kind of gets together in an informal place, a place where everyone can be comfortable, and it's uh, among good company, good people, good libations, and uh, speaks. The speakers have always been very interesting and very informative, and I think it's a, a very I guess personal, familiar way to teach and proclaim parts of the faith to uh, people about my age, young adults. And the atmosphere, I would imagine, uh, lends itself to a sort of openness. It does on the part of those who attend. So yeah. it does because it's a very familiar, very I guess just a comforting kind of place. You're among your peers. You're in a place where you, it's kind of a social gathering, but you also get to learn a lot about theology and faith and all that. So I think it's. 
I think it's a wonderful environment to learn all these things. I think it's a wonderful ministry also. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Barrett. Oh, I appreciate it. Well, I am speaking right now with Laura Kuyper. Thank you, Laura, for agreeing to be interviewed. Um, what is your job here tonight? Um, tonight, I am the bouncer. I, I'm IDing everyone. If they're 21, they get a bracelet and they can have two beers. And if not, they can have all the root beer and food they want. Oh, good. And, and water, too, I'm sure. And water, of oh, course. Yeah. Of course. And uh, you find it, I mean, this is an important job. I mean, you got to. Very important. Make sure that. You I think know, it's the most important job over here. Oh, yeah. You got to make sure people are safe. Besides the speaker, of course. Well, yeah. and the bartender. Right, true, true. Uh, well, how young uh, does someone. Act? What's the lowest age? They have to have graduated from high school, so it could be 17. 17 up to come in, but they they have to have a bracelet in order to get beer. Right. And they have to present their ID. Correct. Okay. Well, good. Well, I'm glad that I'm in good hands. I'm glad that we're all in good hands here tonight. You're safe over here. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're going to be on thecatholicfoodie.com? Yes. Isn't that awesome? I love that thing. <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I was like, join! Very cool. I love huh? the Catholic Theater. Yeah, I'm here. I'm on official business here tonight, so. Well, uh, and what's your name? My name is Doug. Doug. Cool. Uh, we're here at Theology on Tap. Is this the first one you've been to? Um, I've been to the ones on the South Shore. I've never been to the one here at uh, Vita Brupa. Do they hold the ones on the South Shore in New Orleans in different places, or no. is it yeah, one different places? Place, different places. Yeah. Pretty interesting how they do it up here on the North Shore. It's got a Vita brewery that kind of opens themselves up and says, "Okay, y'all can have it here." And it's been here as far as I know. That's it. Huh? Yeah. They haven't had it anywhere else. It's incredible. Uh, now, not only do they have great beer here, but they also have some food. You know what they have on uh, on hand tonight? I think it's a vegetarian lasagna. Very good. It's actually quite tasty. Very healthy. Yes. Yeah. For the most part. And uh, do you know who is the speaker is tonight? Uh, Dr. Jim. Yeah. From uh, Holy Cross. Holy Cross College. You know what he's talking about? Um, talking about ethics. Ethics. Cool. Now, in your experience, having been to other theology on tap, what what is the um, how effective do you think it is as a ministry in reaching out to young people? I think it's a great ministry. I mean, anywhere that you have you have beer and Jesus together, really, you can't go wrong. Right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're here with uh, Mr. Jimmy Sager, and uh, yeah, you're you're married to Michelle. Michelle had a big part to play in putting this on uh, together, but you're also an accomplished theologian. You are a, uh, a catechist in my book, Par Excellence. So uh, thank you very much for uh, spending a few minutes talking to me. Um, from your perspective, how do you see the effectiveness of this kind of a ministry in reaching young people? Well, I think it's effective for a number of points of view. Number one is it keeps them connected with the church after high school. And when we can, it's this great gap for young people from the time they graduate from high school until they get married. Like, where do we go? What do we do? What's there for us? And this provides an answer. Not only an answer to keep them connected theologically with their faith so they continue to grow, but also it gives them an opportunity to interrelate with other young people their ages. And you can see just from the, uh, the people here tonight and 
uh, the one we hit two weeks ago, is how wonderfully they interrelate one another. I mean, you can hardly hear yourself talk right. because the, the decibel levels are so high. But again, that's because people are excited. They like coming. Uh, the turnouts are very strong. We'll have probably at least 80 here tonight. Uh, so, so I would say it's very important. Uh, well, as far as like the speakers, I know when I they advertise this stuff at the Paris, so I, I see when they're going to have a theology on tap, and I've always noticed that the speakers are uh, are excellent. They um, they're they're in line in their thinking with the church. And do you know anything about the process by which they go about finding speakers? Well, Michelle's the one that really handles that. And she's trying to select people that are orthodox, that are exciting to listen to, that are the kind of speakers that relate to young adults. And uh, obviously, two weeks ago, we had the Archbishop. Right. And he was wonderful. And he talked uh, on spiritual topics. It went over very well. And then we're going to end with Char Vance. I think most of the young people have never heard Char. Uh, they'll never forget her. Right. Unless right. they hear Because <laughs> uh, yeah. she, she is a unique <laughs> gift to bring in uh, really solid information in an incredibly humorous way. Right, right. I mean, I've heard her speak many times. <laughs> and by the time she gets to her second sentence, I'm usually roaring. I know. <laughs> She's funny. <laughs> Well, she has some kind of a title, like the you know funniest Catholic woman or something like that. She she uh, she keeps them rolling, you know. Yeah. She keeps them rolling, and she had a tremendous experience in Medjugorje, a life-changing experience. Amazing, absolutely yeah. amazing. And her story, uh, just of that experience, is phenomenal. Well, came from a totally non-Catholic background, knew nothing about the Catholic faith. Went to Medjugorje to get away from predators, yeah. <laughs> and not only had a total conversion. We really had a miracle curing her leg. They really wanted to amputate a leg at one point. And incredibly broken and put together. And there was, I mean, if I, the most she could look for is she'd be dragging this leg, maybe some kind of brace on it. And she got back, I mean, she jumped off the table. There wasn't even uh, atrophy in the muscles. I mean, the doctors were astounded. Oh my goodness. Wow. And, and total conversion. Absolutely believe everything the Catholic Church teaches on the spot. It's quite astounding. It is amazing. And that's two weeks from now she's going to be here. Two weeks. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. And uh, it's, been, it's been an honor. Same here. Thank you. I also want to point out to you that uh, Mr. Jimmy Sagers that I was uh, speaking to just now, uh, he heads up Totus Tuus Ministries. Uh, you can find that at totus tuus, it's Latin, right? Totus tuus, uh, dot com, and uh, that's T O T U S, totus, and then tuus is T U U S. So uh, T O T U S, T U U S dot com. Uh, if you know Latin, it's very easy. If you don't, it could be kind of confusing. I will put a link in the show notes. But he has. Uh, Tons and tons of articles. Uh, he's very involved in apologetics. Uh, he's got tape series uh, or DVD, uh, not DVD, uh, CD uh, series of, of teachings. Uh, plenty of things available uh, on his website. You ought to check that out, totustus.com. Well, it was absolutely delightful 
uh, last night to be with friends uh, at the Abita Brewery, which you know I love, uh, with good beer and with some awesome uh, theology and philosophy. I mean, the guy, the, the, the guy who taught, uh, gave the teaching last night was actually a, he teaches philosophy mainly, so he was <laughs> kind of joking around saying it should have been called philosophy on tap uh, for that night, but uh, very good stuff. Um, it's too much for me to go into in this episode, but uh, very solid uh, discussion on ethics and I guess the basis for ethics, uh, trying to speak, uh, uh, trying to teach, I guess, or to clarify for people today, which is very difficult in our, um, in our society, uh, the basis for ethics. And, and really it's natural law, which our society has kind of lost sight of. And that, that's been going on for uh, quite a while now. Not not something that's just, you know, this generation, but uh, really the whole process started a, a couple hundred years ago. So uh, very good, uh, excellent teaching, and just a lot of fun. And uh, as, as I said, good beer. And uh, it's a really cool ministry. And uh, we had probably, I would say it was somewhere between 80 and 100 people there last night. So very good. Anyway, this brings us to the end of episode 28. Uh, if you have a story, kind of like Barb did, of a uh, particular recipe or a particular meal, uh, share it with family, friends, uh, let me know. Is this something that you want to share with, uh, with everybody here? Uh, please let me know. You can give me a call at 985-635-4974, or you can email me at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. Also remember uh, two things. Uh, we got the Facebook page, the Catholic Foodie Facebook page. Lots of discussion goes on there, so please join. And also the, um, uh, what else, uh, Twitter. I'm on Twitter, so you can follow me there at Catholic, uh, twitter.com slash catholicfoodie is the, uh, the, the profile page for the Catholic Foodie. And uh, if, you, if you can, spare a moment, please go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. Uh, it's, it's very helpful to attract new listeners to the Catholic Foodie. And once again, it's not, you know, I mentioned this last episode, it's not about me having a, a big head. It's about really trying to make the, the message uh, of, of faith, you know, food, faith, and family available to more and more people. So to make it attractive to more people. So I really would appreciate you leaving a review, and I thank you so much in advance for doing so. And I already noticed we did have a, a, a couple of reviews left after uh, my last episode when I, when I requested that. So thank you so much uh, for, doing, for doing that. And don't forget, we do have a contest going on, and the way that you enter is to leave feedback. So once again, it could be voice feedback, it could be uh, email, you can make comments on, uh, on the, uh, the Facebook page, comments on the blog at catholicfoodie.com. Uh, if you want to get your name entered into this contest to win some Greek seasoning, uh, then please uh, get involved. Join the conversation. Uh, give some feedback. And uh, anyway... That's it. So until next time, bon appetit.